Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. All the fallout from the Melbourne Cup today. We'll relive the race itself and we'll speak to one of the owners, a very elegant 10-time Group 1 winner. And, of course, time on all about your say on the news of the day. Let's crack in. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On on a Tuesday, the day that, as we know, Holds the race that stops the nation. Public holiday in and around Melbourne. I hope you've had an absolutely brilliant day, however you put it in, wherever you put it in. Um, to be back at the track if you were, just to be out and about if you were, a beautiful 30-degree day in and around Melbourne um, and great weather from what I understand all around Victoria. What a way to spend uh, a public holiday for those uh, in Melbourne. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. I'd love to hear from you if you're able to be at the track today. One of the, the the select few who were, but how good is it just to see and hear crowd back at sport? It wasn't as big a crowd. It wasn't a massive crowd, but it was a crowd, and that in and of itself is a beautiful thing. So if you if you were able to get there, um, I've got the delay button on. So uh, just uh, if we could just keep it to a, a reasonable. Um, measure of decorum if you're able to call up but I would love love to hear from you if you had been out at the track today we're going to relive uh, every moment of that Melbourne Cup race which will go down uh, in the annals of history Um, as Jerry Waitley says one of the most important Melbourne Cups of his time and it certainly lived up to every inch of the billing that we needed it to there was concerns coming into this Melbourne Cup that maybe with the lack of internationals that this might not be the standard of race that we've come to expect, but didn't very elegant and incentivised, put paid to that as they duked it out when uh, Very Elegant loomed up at 300 to go and overtook Very Elegant, uh, incentivised with about 150 to go and then stormed to the line in a manner uh, that befitted the champion that that horse now is. It was a special, special moment that won't be soon forgotten in Melbourne Cup history. So if you had a view on it, if you had a thought on it, it might be the only day of the year you watch racing Melbourne Cup. That's the power that this day has in racing. There's certain sporting events, and we might do it a little bit later in the in the sporting capital, the, the Mount Rushmore of Australian sporting events. This would absolutely be on there because it, like no other racing event, brings people to it that for 364 days of the rest of the year have absolutely no interest in horse racing, but they do have an interest in Melbourne Cup. That's the power of this event and probably one of the most famous races around the world as well. So uh, if if you had a great day today, if you were on very elegant, I had a, a same race multi, gamble responsibly, of course, had a same race multi. I missed out on one leg. Had Spanish Mission. I had very elegant. I had incentivised. 
Didn't have the other one. <laughs> so I didn't have anything. But that's all right. Just a little $10 flutter, if the beautiful Evie's uh, listening. And so uh, it wasn't a successful day for me, but what a race it was. So if you've got some feelings and some thoughts and um, an impression of today or an experience that you've had, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Whateley called the pants off that race, uh, and this is how it unfolded. We'll bring it to you in full. Before we hear from winning jockey James McDonald after the race, Bray Sikowski, uh, one of the owners, and we will speak to Aussie Care, who I actually caught moments before the show and recorded a quick chat with, with him as he had one foot out the door uh, ready to go party, 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 as Aussie said. So I'll bring you that chat in just a moment as well. But this was the great race. And the field is assembled for the Melbourne Cup. A ripple of expectation. The gates fly. And a hearty cheer from the sporting fans of Melbourne. Spanish Mission came away well and so too did incentivise side by side. Twilight Payment and Pondus got out from the inside. Twilight Payment just jagged back a fraction. Delphi goes forward. Very elegant from her. Wider gate is taken to the uh, back end of the field. Perse Sand coming across from his wide gate with Charlie Rose and Grand Promenade. At the 2800, there's a line of about eight of them across the course. Delphi, Great House, the chosen one. Cariff, Charlie Rose. Further out still to Knight's Order. Incentivized just eases back a fraction. Floating artist and Persan. They're not going at any great clip yet. And incentivized just for a moment is three deep. Grand Promenade behind that pace now as they go to the post the first time. Then came Cariff. Tucked in on the inside, uh, around his inside is Pondus, the chosen one, very elegant midfield, and she's one off the rail. Twilight payments back in the middle of the field, keeping company with Spanish, Spanish Mission, the two Europeans together, Port Guillaume. Then came Master of Wine on the inside. As they worked their way up the riverside, Sir Lucan's behind them. She's Ideal's gone into the back portion of a field, which is now starting to string out. Miami Bounders last, Johnny Get Angry and Salino in the last few. Persan leads the field up the riverside. Incentivized strides up into second about a length away. Then on the inside, Knight's Order held together today from Floating Artist who settled fourth. Grand Promenade is three deep the outside of Charlie Rose from Great House. Cariff is covering ground. Then came Spanish Mission. Very elegant is Hanny to the midfield with Pondus. And in that cluster there is last year's winner, Twilight Payments. Also Delphi keeping company. Port Guillaume is out off the track. Then NK Master of Wine. Behind these runners is Johnny Get Angry, Sir Lucan. Toward the rear of the field is She's Ideal. And as they climb their way up towards the top of Flemington, at the back of the field, as they uh, work their way around, is Miami Bounds. Persan leads them up in the cup from Incentivise, who's stalking the pace. On their backs then is Grand Promenade, who is covering ground from Knight's Order. Between runners, Spanish Mission, who is on the improve, very elegant on his back. Cariff and then Great House heading towards the turn. Delphi, Twilight Payment's going to try to do it from midfield with the chosen one. Then came Pondus and Salino on the move, Master of Wine and the chosen one. Persan leads the field for home. Incentivise is right there to chase the Cups double. Grand Promenade stalks him. Spanish Mission is on the improve and very elegant is closing. Floating artist ridden along. Then came Delphi, Twilight Payment, and the chosen one into the straight. Preble goes for incentivise. He's about to shoot away at the 400. Floating Artist takes the split. Very elegant. The champion mare is closing from Spanish Mission. Incentivise grabbed by Very Elegant. 
reigning horse of the year. She's opened up a break at the 200. Very elegant from incentivized Spanish mission and floating artist. It's going to be the crowning moment. Very elegant. The Mighty Mare wins the cup by four. Incentivized second, Spanish mission third. Floating artist ran fourth. They gap the reps. Then the chosen one behind those Grand Promenade and Salino. Delta on their backs. Twilight payment never came into it this year. Miami bounds further back in the field as they uh, start to work to, and uh, ease up down the side of the track. Sir Luke and Master of Wine. Great house didn't back up. And then uh, it's uh, the chosen one as he pulls up. Explosive Jack. And they've made their way quickly over the line. Johnny get angry, settling down. What a moment that is for a champion mare. Very elegant. Streets them in the Melbourne Cup. And James McDonald stood high in the irons and covered his face with his hand as he went over the post. The magnitude of the moment. Chris Waller trains his first Melbourne Cup winner and he does it with one of his favourites, a 10-time Group 1 winner who puts all debate to the side now. She is a great, a true great. Jared Whiteley, magnificent call of the 2021 Melbourne Cup. And you cannot argue with that, that Very Elegant is now a great of racing. When you win a Caulfield Cup, when you uh, win nine, when eight other group ones apart from that Caulfield, a couple of podium finishes in Cox Plates as well. So you've got to go back to 2018, Ethereal Stakes, uh, the first group one, Farlap Stakes and the Vinery Stud Stakes. Uh, in 2019, the Oaks, the Hill Stakes, the Tancred, the Wink Stakes, the Turnbull, then the Caulfield in 2020, the Chipping Norton this year, uh, the Ranvet, the George Main, and now the Melbourne Cup. It's an extraordinary resume that this horse has put together. Um, early days uh, being bred in New Zealand. And what about the, the Sirege? The, the grand sire is Zabil uh, of this, and then the sire is Zed. Zabil, of course... Um, the sire of octagonal and might and power. So the bloodlines in this horse, you know, um, extraordinary as well. So there's probably not enough superlatives to be able to sum up that. And, you know, I'm not a dyed-in-the-wool uh, horse racing fan by any by any stretch. Uh, I keep an eye on it. I'm interested in it. I really enjoy going. I really enjoy watching the races. Um, but you can't help be caught up in just how special a moment that is. And that's really what sport is all about. Special, special moments. When you see an athlete uh, or a horse, whatever it is, or a team elevate themselves up into another stratosphere, those are what we live for in sport. Those are the times you say, I was there that day. I I saw that happen. When history is made, when a new stratosphere is entered, when a performance that just beggars belief or defies convention, whatever it might be, it's these things that, that for me, just make sport the essential part of my life that it is. Um, And I'm sure and I hope that that's sort of how it it feels for you as well. You might not be into horses, but when I talk to you about the the record of the horse and um, the the, the success of the horse, the history of the horse, and and, and now the the ultimate crowning of this horse, even if you're not a horse racing fan, you can't help but be um, impressed by what's been achieved today. So it was a really, really special performance. Uh, Ross is in Frankston, who was there today. Ross, have I done any justice at all to how incredible a moment that was with Barry Elegant? No, no, no. I mean, to win by four lengths was um, bloody amazing, I'll be honest. It was, um, 
yeah, just just one out of the box. And hard to believe when you have a look at the, the form line that you're going to pick up 20 to 1 either. So, <laughs> Did you have a good vantage point from where you were today at the track of uh, incentivising and very elegant duking it out at the end? Yes, yep, yeah. I, I was lucky, yep. Yeah. So, um, and look, I, you, you said on your prior to chatting that, you know, how about the day? Look, it was so well run by the VRC. It yep. was um, really well done. You didn't feel like you're in a COVID zone type area. I mean, you couldn't stroll around the lawns. You were, you, you were designated to your particular zones. But um, outside of that, it was, um, it was really well done. Very good. So how did you become, how, we, how did you manage to be one of the lucky few, Ross? I, I hear that it was a pretty successful well, day for you. Well, it was, yeah. I um, I won. I've um, I used to race horses independently or with small groups, but it got too expensive. So now I just uh, hook up with um, some of the micro uh, organisations, and I've had a little bit of luck with some of their horses. And it was just purely out of the blue last uh, Saturday after my horse just got pipped at the post in Sydney. I thought. I'll just buy a share in this uh, Vic, Vic Hustlers group and um, bought a share, um, entered the uh, competition to be balloted for a ticket on the Sunday and got notified yesterday I was one of the lucky four owners. So I got a gig at the cup. So how good is that? And then the horse went and bolted in. They often say last in, first out, um, Ross, but that, that's, that's not right. the case for you, mate. So team I've got to admit, I... Team captain, I got to admit, I felt a smidge guilty uh, winning because you know some of some of the poor sides have been involved with the horse for six to twelve months, and I I just click up on a Saturday and um, I'm there on a Tuesday watching us win a 2800 metre race by six lengths. It's amazing. Uh, Ross, you might flip that on its head though and say that you might have been the pivotal, um, the final piece of the well, puzzle. I think so. Yeah. So I think so. That, yeah. I was really happy for, for Team Captain to get a win because Matty Kamani, who's the trainer of it, unfortunately oh. had future scores scratched this morning from the main race. Yes. So it would be a little bit of comfort yep. for him uh, to get a, a winner on Melbourne Cup Day. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and he, he's an amazing trainer. I had a friend of mine actually who's got a share in that future score. So, um, you know, so bad luck to him, but um, but I picked up the spoils in return. So, uh, And, Ross, just to be back at a sporting event, uh, given what we've been through um, oh, in, in Melbourne and Victoria, how did it feel? Magnificent. Did people know yeah, how to behave? I don't know what it sounded like. Oh, they did. Yes, oh, good. There was no, I saw no women um, walking around with their um, high heels over their shoulder or anything. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was a different crowd than, than say, 100,000 on a normal cup day. So they're predominantly people, actually, that really were serious about being there. Um, so yeah, it must have been wonderful to, to be back, Ross. Hey, congratulations on you getting a, uh, a, right. a winner today. Um, congratulations on team captain. Thanks for ringing up too and, uh, and giving us no a bit dramas. of insight into to how the day was and to be back there. It sounded great. Good man. Speak to you soon. Uh, good on you, Ross. Uh, it, it's often uh, one of the late scenes, isn't it, at the end when the, the blokes have got the jacket off, the shirt's fully untucked, the tie's half sort of down the, the, the torso, uh, few, top few buttons are undone. The difference for some, I think, entering to leaving um, is often in stark contrast.
at the at the, uh, at the Melbourne Cup, isn't it? Uh, and that's a, that's a sign of the, the sign of a long day is when the heels have got to be thrown over the the, the right shoulder. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you were there today, or if you just got a thought on the race itself and and what you felt when you were watching that piece of history be made. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Aussie Care is one of the owners and is one of the owners of Incentivise as well. So what about that for? Bray Sikulski and, and also Aussie, and there's a couple of others as well that quenelled the Melbourne Cup today, incentivised the raging hot favourite, the shortest price favourite since Farlap in 1930, who won $1.73, I reckon it was, um, came in a magnificent second. It's a great story in racing uh, as well, and I reckon there's plenty more to come um, for incentivised. But we'll hear the response from the SEN track team, from James McDonald, uh, from Bray as well, and uh, Aussie Care, who I just caught before the show, heading out the door um, to go and celebrate. Uh, we'll, um, I'll play you that chat that I had with him as well. Time on your say on the news of the day, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I've got the latest on Jordan Degoe as well. Uh, Nat Fife's injury concern. And Lee Matthews has uh, thrown up a suggestion in regards to holding the ball that Kane Corns are knocked on the head in very swift fashion today. Uh, we'll hear about that as well. This is Time On, SEN. Oh, no, 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 no! <laughs> well, that takes it all there, Michael. Mate. Take it in, relax. You've just won another Melbourne Cup. Hey? Another one. Not a bit. That's fine. But look at her, darling. She means the world to you, this filly. Yeah, sorry. Looks like she lobbed in a beautiful spot. Oh. Three wide cover. That's her. That's her area, isn't it? Oh, she just. I love it a bit. She's uh. She's been going so good to me. Yeah, she's she. I can safely say she is a champion now. When she like, ten group one. Ten group one. Melbourne Cup. What more have you got to do for your champion? And she's a darling. Look yeah. at her. She knows. She knows. I thought she was relaxed out there. Oh, she was relaxed the whole way. When I looked up at about the 600, and I was still just, just, I was blowing kisses to her the whole way. She was, <laughs> I don't know. I just can't believe what's just happened. That's fine, mate. It's a Melbourne Cup, mate. I just can't believe it. it. It's got a good ring to it, though, hasn't it? Melbourne Cup winning jockey, Everest jockey. I just, I what, ne- what's, what's better for you? I, I, I never thought I'd ever win one, you know. Like I, I always dreamed of winning one, but it's so hard to win. Dreams come um, true, mate. Dreams do come true when you fall like superstars. You've got to be proud of her. I love it a bit. She is. I've been saying all from Saturday onwards, her fight and determination just takes us so far. And she is... A, I want to swear. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Look, what about Chris Waller, freak? Oh, he'll be... Wasn't going to run her, then he just put his faith in what he knew and trusted yeah, her. Yeah, well, he just goes through his processes and makes sure every box ticked, and that's why he's as good as he is. But um, I'm so lucky to be um, in his team, and um, we have a lot of luck together. We know each other so well, and, and you, when, we, when we get the horses like this, um, I just want to thank them. My manager, Mark Hess, he puts up with me day in, day out, and I'm not the easiest, but um, thank you very much, Bessie, and, and to Caitlin, my mum and dad would be just posse at home. My brother, you'd be so, oh, mate. Only one thing to do now, isn't it? Party. Oh, hey? I've still got two more days of it. I really want to get the next few days um, completed, and before we, we come down here and I'm, I'm so happy for um, I want to thank Marty who, who, who was 
instrumental of getting us down here, um, went through all the processes to get us Sydney jockeys down, and I'm very thankful for that. Melbourne Cup winning jockey. Go back there, realise what you've done, uh, absorb it, and take it all in, mate. Uh, I, just want, I just don't want the scene. Oh, we don't have to. <laughs> Good job, mate. Uh, thank you. James McDonald directly after the race, courtesy of Channel 10, Melbourne Cup winning jockey. That's his first, and for many who were there today, uh, that does put him at the very top of the tree. Um, almost inarguable now that he is the dominant jockey, the number one jockey in Australian racing. Uh, an Everest win this year as well, and now Melbourne Cup. It was Chris Waller's first Melbourne Cup as well, um, and you could just hear and, and feel what it meant to him and the emotion, uh, the emotion that's attached to all of that for James McDonald. So we're going to hear from Bray one of the owners as well. Um, it's a fascinating story about Very Elegant, very similar in, in, in some aspects to the story of Incentivise. Started uh, its racing journey with other trainers in other parts of the world for Incentivise up in Queensland for Very Elegant in New Zealand um, um, under the uh, watchful eye of Nick Bashani. Um, but found its way, both these horses finding their way into the ownership of Bray Sikulski and Ozzie Kerr. Um, different trainers in Chris Waller and uh, Pete Moody, but but similar journeys. Um, incentivised just at the start uh, and very elegant. This might be the crowning achievement in one of uh, the great uh, horse racing careers. So a little earlier, we just, just tried our luck uh, giving Ozzie's number a call. Um, pretty special day when you're Quinella a Melbourne Cup when you've won an Everest as well. Um, this is his second Melbourne Cup as uh, as an owner, and we caught him just heading out the door uh, to go and celebrate what was a, a, a fantastic day. And I just started by saying good day. Thank you, thank you. Ah, oh, it's a bit surreal at the moment. Um, I've just come home to quickly hug all the kids, um, and I'm about just getting dressed to quickly go back out and celebrate with all my friends and family. So it's just been. It's an amazing, it's been an amazing couple of hours for sure, and um, you know to run one two in the cup, it's just, probably hasn't sunk in yet. So um, yeah, I'm lost for words at the moment. So extraordinary to Quinella, uh, you've you've got a stake in Very Elegant, a stake in Incentivise. How did you become involved with Very Elegant? Because today that horse went from being, in in the immortal words, uh, a champion to a legend. Oh, yeah, look, we were involved in Very Elegant from the outset. We bought her here as a three-year-old from New Zealand. Um, a couple of the owners of the original breeder stayed involved um, and a couple of the guys from New Zealand bought in. And, and my brother, uh, Bray and John, um, pretty much represent the Australian uh, group. And we, you know, we've just been enjoying the journey over the last few years. She's an amazing mare. She was a 10th group one today and it was amazing training performance by... Chris Waller to get her up again um, after the Cox Plate and to do what she did today. It was just a phenomenal phenomenal ride by James McDonald. Um, yeah, so Aussie. I haven't actually got to watch the replay yet. Uh, so It was an extraordinary ride. Uh, very elegant. Really, it was a dominant performance, you'd have to say, in the end. James McDonald was on with Gerard Waitley, I reckon, yesterday or the day before, and he was really bullish. He said, don't worry about the third in the Cox Plate. He, he was really strong on the fact that he believed with all his heart that this was a win that was uh, right there in front of you all. Yeah, look, Chris Chris was pretty bullish as well. Um, when we spoke to him this morning, he was very bullish about her chances, and um, he thought she'd run an absolute drum. He said he had a spot on, and um, she was perfect, so... Uh, yeah, 
just like I'm very grateful to Chris and James and um, to everyone involved in having getting very elegant ready and this prep and, and to win the Melbourne Cup. It's just where were you standing? Where were you standing? Oh, mate, we were just out on the lawn, like because there was there was so many of us. Um, we were obviously invited into the um, committee room, but I chose not to go in there because I could only sort of get myself and my wife and a couple of people and. I really wanted to watch it with all my friends and family, and I reckon there was about 50 of us out there at one time, and we all just watched it on the lawn on the rails, and um, oh, it was crazy scenes. Um, but oh, there'll be moments we won't be forgetting for a long time. So. When, did, when did you know, Aussie? When did you know? Oh, to be honest, I was following Incentivise. Okay. Uh, Wayne, <laughs> um, and uh, my eyes just. I could see the the, the back markers coming, and um, and I'm like, oh no, I know. But uh, those flashing red silks, um, luckily, <laughs> was very elegant, and um, probably from the probably from 200 out, I, I, I knew that she was going to get there. So there wasn't nothing that was going to be catching her there from there. I won't keep you too long because I know you're on one foot out the door. But how does yep. it feel to walk into a Melbourne Cup? knowing that you've got the shortest prize favourite since Farlap in one hand and you've got a nine-time Group 1 winner, Caulfield Cup winner, uh, in the other hand. You must have been reasonably confident going in today, wouldn't you? Uh, I, I thought the only horse that was, that was, that was proven right. I, 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 my only concern, and I've said it all week, was um, if I didn't own Very Elegant, I wasn't involved in Very Elegant, uh, that would be the one that I'd be worried about because um, I really thought she was the danger. Um, and it, it's proved to be right. She was the danger for the favourite. And, um, and look, the favourite incentivised did in disgrace himself. He was unbelievable. He's had an amazing prep to do what he's done. Um, you know, I think he's going to be the star of the future, or he's a star already, but I think there's a lot more to come and watch with, with incentivised because that was a huge run by him. So, just just yeah. quickly on incentivised, you're right. This is a story that's uh, not like many we've ever seen with what he was able to do under Steve Traeger. And then I know that Bray was really keen. Were you keen from the – was Bray the one that alerted you to it or were you both sort of in him together and then getting Pete involved? It's It's been a phenomenal success. Yeah, no, Bray and I bought half the, for, the half the horse um, from Steve, and um, and 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 thought the best place to train him was obviously um, in Victoria, and that's why he went to Peter Moody, and uh, it's been a great a great uh, partnership and uh, relationship with with the guys there, and um, since then I've got my brother involved and a good mate, John. So it's yeah, it's been look, that's what it's all about for me. It's actually about having. Um, the, the people involved and um, enjoying racing and what we're about to do tonight. That's what, <laughs> that's what it's all about for me. So it's party, party, party. How will you celebrate before I friends. actually let you go? <laughs> uh, well, we've booked a place. Um, you don't need to say we where. It's okay. <laughs> no, I, I can't say where. We're already struggling already. My phone's gone crazy. So look, we've booked a place for about 100 and. I think we're at 300 already, and uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to contain um, all the friends and family. But you know what? They're all welcome, and um, yeah, we'll just drink the night away and be merry. So it's been a long time. It's been tough times for a lot of people, and um, 
you know, to get them all out and celebrate together. Hopefully all this negative last couple of years will be put behind us and we can all enjoy it. Uh, it was special to see people back at the track there, Ozzy and Ano. It was obviously a really special moment for you too. And what I love about that is you've summed up what's beautiful about horse racing ownership and that's that you didn't want to go, you know, hobnobbing. You wanted to be with your friends and your family and your co-owners and, and that's what it was all about for you guys, that connection. So congratulations. It's another massive race that you've been able to get get uh, over the line as a as a co-owner uh, enjoy tonight uh, it's 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 uh, again very elegant has gone to legend status and when yeah, what an extraordinary absolutely. achievement congratulations thank you so much appreciate it uh Aussie Kerr it was good enough to give us um some time as he headed out the door to party 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 uh like the sound of that and and why wouldn't you uh, that's his second Melbourne Cup uh, as an owner Quinnell it with incentivise as well. And you look at some of the names that uh, very elegant joins, having won a Melbourne Cup now um, and a Caulfield Cup, not in the same year, but, you know, it lets a lope and uh, horses like that. It's um, yeah, it's a significant achievement. Uh, if you've got a view on it, 0433 98 1116 or 1300 736 736. Um, Michael reckons he knows where the owners have gone. It was on the news just moments ago. Uh, thanks for that, Michael. Uh, and Dave uh, in Maroomba uh, talking about the James McDonald chat after the race. Uh, he said, you would struggle to find a better post-win interview than that across any sport. What a gem. Uh, that's from Dave. We'll turn our attention to some other news uh, that's uh, uh, worthy of our attention uh, on the other side of this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the number to have your say on the news of the day. Time on. As we turn our attention to some other news on this Melbourne Cup day, if you still wanted to talk Melbourne Cup, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If there was a particular horse that caught your eye, potentially in another race, very elegant, the winner uh, today from uh, Incentivise, and in third place, Spanish Mission, Floating Artist in fourth, the Chosen One fifth, Grand Promenade, Delphi, Salino, Tralee Rose, She's Ideal made out the top ten. Last year's winner, Twilight Payment, came in eleventh. Very elegant. The first horse to ever win from Barrier 18, I'm just reading on Fox Sports as well. So there's a little another little piece of history made, uh, one for the trivia buffs. First horse to win a Melbourne Cup from Barrier 18. If there was another horse that caught your eye today, let me know. There was um, race two, Peter Moody, Luke Nolan combined. We just um, we were speaking to one of the winners of a, uh, the owners of a winning horse earlier uh, from Matty Kamani. Um, but there was a horse called Brereton. That one, I reckon it's uh, Anthony Mithen uh, syndicate uh, for the Rosemont Stud there, and I've, I, I, didn't, I had a look through the owners and the five-time day, five-time night superstar. His name didn't show up in said ownership group in the connections, but um, Derm clearly would have to be the inspiration for that horse that uh, had a very nice win for for Pete Moody and for Luke Nolan. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you had something else that you wanted to add, uh, if you wanted to talk something completely different uh, in the world of sport, please feel free to do so. 0433981116 is the temper text machine. Temper, a mattress like no other. Um, some good news uh, for Jordan Degoe today. Um, prosecutors in New York have decided that they won't be pursuing uh, charges Um, of forcible touching. Um, He faces no charge relating to the 35-year-old female now that was involved in the incident um, in New York. Uh, He and his mate both were charged with that same offence and uh, also um, charged with assault and harassment of a 37-year-old man. Uh, Jordan Degoe has pled not guilty. He's been stood down by the Collingwood Football Club and uh, there's probably still a very 
a very high chance that he won't ever play for Collingwood again. Um, that's a big decision for that footy club to have to make. Um, he's due back in court on the 8th of December. So the prosecutors are now not pursuing the initial charge of forcible touching, but he still has to answer for the assault and harassment. Um, in the details laid out in the charge, um, they, uh, they said that uh, after the forcible touching allegedly occurred and uh, the woman's friend intervened, um, that he was hit with a bottle by Jordan Ngoi's friend. And then, uh, according to the charges, Jordan Ngoi then kicked and punched the uh, the um, alleged victim whilst um, on the ground. So that's the situation at the moment. Due back uh, in court on December 8th. Um, obviously, uh, all those are allegations at the moment until the day in court is heard and apparently he can go back to LA where he was uh, supposed to be there as part of a, uh, a leaf turned training experience that we're all led to believe. Um, it seems now that as details of this trip emerged, um, it was a part of the trip, but maybe not all of it. Uh, and so that's another thing for Collingwood to have to wade their way through and deciding on whether they have a future together uh, with Jordan Ngoi. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to have your say on that. Uh, a couple of other things making news today. This is a concern for Fremantle uh, as we continue to work on uh, work through some footy news of the day. Nat Five facing a uh, fresh setback. This story up at sen.com.au at the moment. Um, recovering from uh, surgery after a bacterial infection was discovered in his shoulder. So Fife had shoulder surgery in July, um, put an end to his season then. He went under the knife again last week when scans discovered a crack in the bone. Peter Bell has said that he won't be able to do much for the next few weeks. He said, unfortunately, Nathan's tests have indicated a bacterial infection and as a result, he will undergo intravenous antibiotics over the next two or three weeks, Bell said in the club statement. He said he won't be able to do much physically in the period. The antibiotics are being administered intravenously. Nathan is optimistic and understands in particular the importance of the next two or three weeks to allow the IV antibiotics optimal effectiveness. He will advise, We will advise return to training date in due course once there is more clarity around Nat's recovery. Um, so he's uh, set to miss, according to the story in the Herald Sun last week, the uh, the Dockers returned to pre-season on December 8th um, because of that surgery. And it's unclear of when he'll return after that new setback. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, with Nat Fife, the Only won a Brownlow medal a couple of years ago. 2019, he won his second Brownlow medal. Um, has had quite a year since then as he has battled injuries throughout. And you hope that when a player is as good as Nat Fife is, that um, that this is not uh, – we're not starting to see a decline that comes on uh, a little bit early when you play the game in sort of similar manner that Nat Fife does. He's, um, he's 30 years of age, um, 2010 rising star, but a two-time Brownlow medalist as well. And uh, – was one of their better players in that uh, 2013 losing grand final side. Two-time Lee Matthews trophy. He's a three-time All-Australian. Three best and fairest. Um, yeah, just hope, don't you, when there's players of that ilk that play the game in, in a way that brings people to the ground, that we don't um, have to prematurely sort of see that decline. So fingers crossed that this isn't uh, anything... More serious when it comes to Nat Fife. Uh, so Dockers fans, um, that's going to leave you a little bit anxious until you see him back out on the track again and in the full swing of things and making full contact again. Um, off the text, 0433 98 11 16. Kiwi horse, trainer and jockey. Not sure how often 
that happens. That's from Adam. Um, what about Von Miller to the Rams? Uh, that text has come through. That's a massive trade today. Von Miller was um, about six years ago, I reckon, when Denver made that run into the Super Bowl. He was the most instrumental player for the Broncos at that point in the decline of Peyton Manning's career. Uh, off the text, how is a bacterial infection a decline? Well, that's I didn't say it was. I said, let's hope that it's not a decline. Let's hope that there's not more complications with that shoulder. Let's hope that Nat Fife... Um, doesn't have to keep battling every time it seems over the last couple of years that he's got himself back and ready. I'll go back and have a look at just how many games he's played over the last couple. But the perception that I've got in my head is that he's missed a fair bit of footy. That could be wrong, but it's just how it's just my perception at the moment. I'll, I'll go and have a look at his numbers uh, in a minute off the text. He's always been injury prone. He's, he's just been good enough to still win two Brownlows. I spoke about the two Brownlows and uh, I can get the sense that you're a little bit offended uh, by what we're saying with Nat Five. I think I've been nothing but complimentary about Nat Five, and my hope that uh, this isn't a sign of things, you know, injury complications and, you know, problems that persist and, and all those kind of things. We're hoping that as a, as a champion of the game and one of the best players in it, um, that he can get back to that rather than having to keep sort of being in and out and back and forth. I'm sure you'd agree. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 736 uh, so Lee Matthews spoke about um, what he wanted to see in regards to holding the ball. And, and, and in an interview with The Age, he, he wanted to allow players more time before being penalised for holding the ball. So he called for players who attack the ball to be given greater opportunity to dispose of the ball before a free kick was paid. So if that suggestion was implemented, it would make a bit of a departure from the current interpretation of holding the ball, which calls the players to make a swift attempt at dishing off the footy um, uh, before being penalised. At the moment, that it's still the adjudication that if you don't have prior, you just have to attempt to get rid of it. Um, if you do have prior, then you have to get rid of it correctly. Um, this is what Kane Corns had to say in relation, um, in relation to Lee Matthews' suggestion. So should prior opportunity be scrapped? If you've so so the rule is, if you have had prior opportunity, and you are tackled and you don't legally dispose of the ball, it's holding the ball. If you are tackled before you have prior opportunity and the ball spills out and you don't legally dispose of the ball, and we've seen this and it's a great frustration of mine. Like I, I can, you can pick the ball up, Hazy. I can tackle you immediately and you can just sort of flick it out or drop it or whatever. That's okay because you made, you made an attempt without prior opportunity. I, I, the rule's too confusing and we, we did it during the year. We pulled out the rule book and there are four or five things that the umpire has to think about as they're making their mind up, whether it is play on, whether it is holding the ball or whether it's a, a ball up and it's too much. The game's too hard to umpire. So I'm, you know, this is sort of the first time I've, Red Lee's suggestion. He is saying scrap prior and give them more opportunity to dispose of the ball. I, I think... Which is old school. It is a bit of old. I think it that creates some other problems, though, um, because you know I think the risk of injury comes in. Like, if you are giving players 
extra time and you are letting the play go on, I guess the temptation for tacklers to then sling the player to the ground and either hit their head on the ground or, you know, we saw the amount of ankle injuries that we had this year. That's a lot from twisting to the ground and getting stuck um, underneath certain traffic. Your ankle gets sort of wedged between the other player and the ground. So that creates other problems. Mm. You know, you know, with all due respect to Lee, and he has a lot of insights into the game, makes it even more confusing. Mm. And, and and I'd need to see it in real time. I'd need to see how it would it would go. Your classic ex- examples, etc. Yeah, I'd need to see some examples, and I'd need to see it trialed in the in the preseason. But I think as it sits right now, the l- less rule changes, the better. So that was Kane Corns on SENSA today. Um, Lee Matthews went on to say, "My philosophy is to protect the bloke." who has got the ball in his hands, given that he has got it. That aside, what favours do you give to the bloke who has just got the ball or what favours do you give to the bloke who is second to the contest and does the tackling? If there is a benefit of the doubt, give it to the player with the ball. The umpire has to make that split-second decision. Well, did he have prior opportunity? Therefore, if he didn't get rid of it, it's holding the ball. Congestion around the football has meant that there's been heaps more tackling in this generation than in previous generations. The ability to evade the tackle might have improved, but the ability to lay the tackle... The tackling is ferocious. So have you say on that, it was Steve Hawking's number one item on his agenda if he had have stayed in his role uh, at the AFL. Um, we know the rule changes that Steve Hawking has in, in, uh, brought into the competition. This would have been his number one priority, he said in an interview after he left the position. So you can have your say on that as well. Back after this on Time On. As we finish up Time On, Sporting Capital up next from seven. Don't worry about that. Uh, we've got a... Very special guest, and we're going to go down memory lane. I'll explain more about that in just a moment. Uh, Paul Sebastiani for Bet Deluxe says Oak Day, the Oaks Day this Thursday, of course, Cotton Cup tomorrow. Bet Deluxe Spring Racing Specials every day. Serious betting for serious punters. Download the app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858 if gambling is a problem for you. G'day, Paul. What have you got for us? Yeah, Elusive Express, Sam, the favourite for the Oaks on Thursday. She's a $3.70 elect, the uh, runner-up in the 1,000 guineas. And uh, Willowy, the winner of the uh, of the automatic qualifier into the Oaks over Saturday. She's a $4.40 second elect, the winner of the Wakeful and Daisies at $4.60. It's been good each way money for Biscayne Bay as well at $6.50 with Bet Deluxe. And those are pretty much all the chances, I'd say. The rest of the runners are all double figures at the moment. Best backed on the day as well. Comes in the first uh, uh, on Oaks Day. Race one, number 12. Love takes time. As soon as markets open, Sam, she was six fifty into $4.80. Damien Oliver in the saddle combining with Anthony and Sam Friedman. So hopefully you're back to winner today uh, on the cup. Very elegant. Was very, very impressive today. Beautifully done, Paul Sebastiani from Bet Deluxe. Uh, Oaks Day markets this Thursday. Bet Deluxe spring racing specials every day. Serious betting for serious punters. Download the app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Sporting Capital up next. So we we had a very, very good what if teed up for today. But given it's Melbourne Cup Day, a couple of people had plans throughout the day to enjoy. So we thought, why don't we put a pin in that what if. So no what if this week. Uh, they've been a raging success the first two weeks, if, if I do say so myself. Uh, and we've got great response on the podcast and on the text as well. So um, we apologise. We just thought, why don't we not try and force people to, to do something that they might not want to do on a day off around Melbourne. We've got two absolute cracking what ifs coming up over the next few weeks. Instead, what we're going to do, in a little bit of a similar vein, 
is have a chat to Dan Lipke, who you might have read his book, The 50 Greatest Matches in Australian Cricket and The 50 Greatest Australian Cricketers. Well, he's got a new book out called The 50 Great Moments in Australian Cricket. And we're going to go through a few of them and get him to explain how he's put this book together at about quarter past seven. Stick with me. Sporting Capital next. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.